Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Hello again, everybody. We've come to the last article and Truth Talk in the Captivated by Jesus series. I've spoken about his unimaginable glory, spoken about Jesus' amazing wisdom, and now I want to speak about his unmerited kindness. Not that he doesn't merit kindness, but that he gives kindness to us on a totally unmerited basis. You know, we usually think of God's glory as manifested in his acts of power, his absolute authority, and his irresistible will. Well, of course, God is all-powerful, supremely authoritative, and unstoppable. But how does he best display his power, authority, and will? The life and witness of the Lord Jesus Christ provides the answer for us. He displayed his power through healing, delivering, and recreating. He exhibited his authority by delegating and trusting his disciples with it. He demonstrated his will by saving and including the children of men in his heavenly family. Just consider for a moment how he treated a nameless reject. All three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, recount the story of the leper who asked Jesus to heal him. And in Mark 1 verses 40 to 42, the story reads as follows. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Now just ponder on the story for a moment. The text does not reveal the man's name, and he had no standing, wealth, or handsome presence. On the contrary, he was a feared reject from society, afflicted with an infectious and disfiguring skin disease. The Jewish law commanded him to stay out in the wilderness areas and to ring a bell and call out, unclean, unclean, whenever people approached. I just don't know who this particular man was, but he probably once had a wife, children, a house, a job, a circle of friends. Now he had nothing, no dignity, no comfort, and no hope, until he saw Jesus approaching. He must have heard of Jesus as a great healer and miracle worker sent by God to the people of Israel. Violating the laws that isolated him, he came and fell on his knees at Jesus' feet. And instead of ringing his bell and shouting out, unclean, unclean, he looked up into the face of God and said, If you are willing, you can make me clean. There's so much in that simple statement. It's an acknowledgement of Jesus' ability to heal even a leper like him. It is also a recognition that Jesus had absolute authority to heal or to cast him aside. And in between the words is a desperate plea to be made whole again. Jesus' heart filled with compassion for this wretched man. He did not see him as an opportunity to display his power and authority. No, his compassion motivated him to reach out and touch the untouchable disease carrier. 
Then Jesus simply said, I am willing. Be clean. Now, what does that tell us about the power of God, his authority and his will? Everything we need to love him, trust him and obey him. And we might have status in society, we might have some power and a degree of authority, but you know, from an angel's perspective, don't we appear as worthless, perhaps, as an unappealing old leper? Yet Jesus came to this little planet to reveal the glory of the Godhead, to reach out to us to make us whole, and to adopt us into his family, glorious, unfathomable, and unmerited kindness. Many years ago, I went to the Ukraine on a ministry trip. While there, I preached in a Pentecostal church where I learned that they practiced three Christian sacraments, the usual baptism and communion, but they'd added foot washing. Now, I have a real problem with the way the church in general has reduced the richness of the Lord's Supper to a sort of a ceremonial nip and a sip, right? and the powerful witness of water baptism to a sprinkle. So now I had to work through my reactions regarding their third sacrament. Of course, their foot washing ceremony derived from Jesus' actions at the Last Supper. The essence of the account is in John chapter 13, verses 3 to 5, which records, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel round his waist. And after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. You know, in those times people came to a meal like this with their feet dusty from walking on dirt roads. And if there was no servant present to wash the guests' feet, then... The custom was that the least important in the host's household would assume the duty. Now, they would have arranged the table in the U-shape common in those days and placed the people around it in the traditional order. It was as follows. At the end of one arm of the U would be the master of ceremonies and to his left would be the host. And on the host's left would be seated the guest of honour. And then the others would be distributed in descending order of importance down round the corner of the U and up back up the other side. So the person sitting at the end of the other arm of the U would be the least important and the one expected to wash everyone's feet. Now we can deduce from what happened to what's recorded for us in the scripture just who was seated where. John was in the place reserved for the master of ceremonies. Jesus was the host, and Judas Iscariot was assigned to the seat of the honoured guest. Peter, who undoubtedly saw himself as Jesus' right-hand man, was seated where? At the very end of the table, in the place of least importance, in the place of the foot washer. Hmm. Now, Peter should have assumed the duty of foot washing. Instead, Jesus, the Lord of all, come from heaven with all power and authority, took it on himself to perform this act of kindness. However, there is an even greater act embedded in the story. Judas Iscariot was the disciple who betrayed Jesus. 
that knew, the Lord knew that in just a few hours, this man would lead the Pharisees and their thugs to grab him and lead him off to be tried, tortured, and crucified. Yet Jesus seated him in the place reserved for the guest of honor. Now this was no act of cynicism, but a great display of unmerited kindness. Now allow me to share two of my own experiences. During one of my visits to Israel, I accompanied about 20 of the members of the church I pastored. One of them had organized and led many such trips to the Holy Land, and so he performed this function for our group. My job was to be the spiritual leader and to provide the group with Bible studies at each of the sites we visited. Part of our itinerary was to participate in the recreation of the Last Supper. The people providing the experience set up a traditional meal of lamb, flatbreads and herbs at the sort of U-shaped table I've described. I wanted all the people to be seated and settled, so I came into the room last. The trip organizer had seated himself at the one end of the U and had reserved a place for me next to him. I don't quite know why I didn't accept that seat. Instead, I sat down at the end of the opposite leg of the table. At that time, I didn't know the significance of the traditional seating arrangements. The woman who provided the experience started to tell us about how the guests would have been seated in Jesus' day. And then she asked, Where is your pastor? I held up my hand and she smiled and explained that I was sitting where Peter would have sat in the least important place. And then she concluded with, You have chosen the right seat, pastor. I was overwhelmed with emotion and my eyes filled with tears because at that moment I sensed Jesus' powerfully yet kindly impressing upon me my key role as a pastor. He had called me to serve his people and to follow his example of becoming the least important of all. My second experience was very different from the first. After about 10 years in full-time pastoral ministry, I was suffering a form of burnout with the typical symptoms of tiredness, discouragement and depression. One day, a lady congregant arrived at our door with a basin, soap and a towel in her hand. She asked to speak to my wife, Pat, and having obtained her approval, told me that she had come to wash my feet. She sat me down and soap washed and carefully dried both feet. She said nothing the whole time, but the way she carefully and gently carried out the task spoke more eloquently than any words could. All she said afterwards was that she was being obedient to what Jesus had instructed her to do on his behalf. The unmerited kindness of the Lord impacted me powerfully through this dear woman. You see, Jesus is kind and considerate to those who have no right to expect this from him. It's a part of who he is. It's a manifestation of his glory. God be with you all. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth talks.